0: Hi, and welcome back to the Breast Cancer Podcast from VJ Oncology. Today, we're touching on treatment sequencing in the HER2-positive space. There has been a lot of development in targeted therapies in the HER2-positive field, with a lot of options available for metastatic HER2-positive breast cancer, with at least eight HER2-targeted agents being approved by the US FDA for metastatic disease. Posing the question, how best do we sequence these new agents? To answer this question, we spoke to three leading experts in breast cancer who share their opinion on the optimum sequencing approaches to these newly approved agents. First, we hear from Lisa Carey from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, who outlines decision-making in metastatic HER2-positive breast cancer.
1: At this um, decision-making in metastatic HER2-positive breast cancer session, I have the pleasure of giving the the kickoff talk uh, on treatment approaches for metastatic breast cancer uh, that's HER2 positive in 2021. Um, this is a you know a, a key arena to keep revisiting because of all the changes we now have eight drugs that are FDA approved in the HER2 uh, positive space Um, and uh, many, many trials that have been reported and are in the process of being performed. And for the treating oncologist, this is a very complicated space. Um, I think that the, to my mind and what, uh, what I talk about a little bit is there are options that are driven by HER2 and are shared across hormone receptor negative HER2 positive and hormone receptor positive HER2 positive, but it's also completely uh, uh, well known and established that, that, that there are, the endocrine approaches can be um, uh, incorporated with HER2 targeting in addition to the others. So briefly in general, particularly for hormone receptor negative HER2 positive breast cancer, the standard bearer has been THP or taxane plus trastuzumab and pertuzumab. That is still the case. And that is the case based on a really uh, uh, stunning 16 month overall survival advantage in Cleopatra. The second line therapy uh, at the moment is trastuzumab which has been studied, you know, in multiple trials and, and performs extremely well. Um, what has come out recently are the 2 catnib catenib-based approaches. The Her2Climb study demonstrated that two catenib plus capecitabine plus, uh, plus latrastuzumab was extremely active. And in that study, which deliberately included active brain metastases, uh, it showed really a, a, a very, very strong uh, uh, activity in patients, even those with progressive or untreated brain metastases. And then finally, the most recent uh, newcomer is trastuzumab deruxtecan, or TDXD, um, has really been studied primarily in a single-arm large study trial, but with incredible activity. Some concern about interstitial lung disease, which uh, uh, needs to be kind of managed, and so I think where it lives is going to evolve very quickly as, as subsequent trials, particularly randomized trials, come out in the hormone receptor positive HER2 positive space. Along with those options, you have a variety of endocrine based options with HER2 targeting added on, such as you know AIs plus trastuzumab uh, and pertuzumab, uh, or or you know, later on any other endocrine therapy plus either small molecules, trastuzumab, or both. Um, so we have quite a a, a lot of, of options. Um, uh, and I think uh, we go through all of these and we actually create an algorithm that I think will probably change quickly. 2022 may be a different algorithm, but one that I hope is helpful for treating oncologists around the world. Among the challenges that we face, um, you know, I mean, you know, in the, in the talk I give algorithms as I perceive them now, but these aren't very straightforward. In truth, you know, there's a very valid question of if you have a patient with CNS dominant disease, and we should all recognize that the brain is a setting of of particular challenge. And Dr. Bachelot actually has a lovely talk on that in this session. Um, you know, should tucatinib and tucatinib based approaches move up? And and be be used earlier in lines of setting, um, I think as Ducatinib has come in, you know, uh, uh, it was tested against placebo in the HER2 climb study um, uh, when added to capsaicin and, and trastuzumab. What does that mean regarding the activity in a ducatinib treated patient for other small molecules with with activity such as neratinib, which also appears to have uh, some uh, improvement in CNS. Uh, uh, um, endpoints compared to, to older drugs. Um, I think the the main challenge for those of us who want to use the most active drugs is also where is TDXD or trastuzumab, deruxtecan going to end up and how are we going to manage the interstitial lung disease problem, which appears to be about 14% and, and and unfortunately, you know, treatment-related deaths, uh, you know, were seen in the destiny one trial. So I think all of these will be sorted out over the upcoming years. But those of us treating patients right now, I mean, these are challenges that we have to think through. Personally, the algorithm that I outlined is one that I use in general. Um, but I think there's a lot of heterogeneity in uh, HER2-positive breast cancer, and uh, certainly treatment decisions can be made on a case-by-case basis on the other hand so we've talked about challenges there's also opportunities that i think have become clear we have so many you know incredibly effective drugs against that against her2 positive metastatic breast cancer and all of us have had the experience of treating patients who do incredibly well for an incredibly long time you know it does raise the question of do we have a curative intent opportunity here because the drugs are so effective? And and actually, Eric Weiner is going to take on that provocative question, um, uh, and and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I'd like to also point out that Alex Pratt um, is going to give actually a really interesting talk that may show us the way forward um, regarding the biologic heterogeneity of HER2-positive breast cancer and and how that may affect some of our treatment um, uh, decision-making in the future, so uh, stay, stay tuned.
0: Next. Hope Rugo from the University of California, San Francisco Helen Diller Family Comprehensive Cancer Center discusses sequencing novel HER2 targeted therapies in metastatic breast cancer.
2: Of course, St. Gallen was oriented more towards how do we move drugs into the adjuvant and neo adjuvant setting in the best way to benefit our patients. And, uh, you know, in that discussion, of course, Uh, The margituximab data is quite interesting because we had an exploratory planned, pre-planned analysis looking at patients who have the low affinity IgG FC gamma receptor um, polymorphism with F, the F allele uh, versus the V allele. And that actual question about whether or not margituximab might be more effective in that particular patient group is being studied in a a randomized trial in the neoadjuvant setting called the MARGO trial that is run by Ian Crop through our Translational Breast Cancer Research Consortium. In the metastatic setting, I think that we're always looking at the gold standard of survival. So we know that adding pertuzumab to trastuzumab improves survival. We know that using tdm as compared to using lapatinib and capecitabine, which really isn't being used in the in many places in the world now, um, is uh, uh, you know better than giving lapatinib and uh, capecitabine. I will say that uh, lapatinib is the oral tyrosine kinase inhibitor most used in the metastatic setting in many countries in the world because tucatinib is not yet approved and neratinib may not be available in the metastatic setting either. Uh, so if you had, if you, for example, were making decisions after the second line setting um, in countries where you didn't have uh, tucatinib um, or trastuzumab, deruxtecan, I think the lapatinib and neratinib data is quite intriguing and neratinib uh, appears to be a more potent oral tyrosine kinase inhibitor. You have to manage the diarrhea with this dose escalation um, and as needed loperamide, uh, but it does have CNS activity. So that's appealing. In countries where there are the Newer agents uh, available to catenib, trastuzumab, and cape I think uh, you know with the PFS and OS benefit uh, compared to giving cape and trastuzumab is quite appealing, particularly in patients who have brain metastases who were included in that trial. Um, after that, or before trastuzumab, duruxtecan has the most dramatic responses we've seen with, um, and if you can you know understand the risks of uh, interstitial lung disease and can monitor for that and manage your drug and treatment, uh, the risks are relatively low, uh, of serious ILD and appear to be falling with more education and treating earlier in the course of disease. So I think that you're sort of balancing the Tucatinib, HER2-climb and trastuzumab Drextecan. And then as the next step, I would use margituximab in place of trastuzumab based on the data from the SOFIA trial. Um, And margituximab will be more and more available uh, now that it has the regulatory approval in the U.S. And I think that this is an interesting um, agent to use in the later line setting to see if we can overcome some of the resistance that exists to uh, trastuzumab and other HER2-targeted therapies. Um, Whether or not neratinib has a role after tucatinib remains to be seen. I think in patients who are doing reasonably well, it's worth trying Uh, where you need an agent to uh, put in, but that's sort of the sequencing that we're thinking about right at the moment.
0: Finally, Thomas Bachelet of the Leon Berard Centre offers his opinion on how to sequence targeted therapies in the metastatic HER2 space.
3: So at the present time, uh, among the the drugs that we can use that are not commercialized yet in in Europe, uh, but are coming in, that's the Trasumab, there is a Tucatinib, uh, that's the most. The two most important are those two uh, drugs. Uh, both have shown in uh, in early clinical trials for the trastuzumab second, because we are still waiting for the uh, for the randomized study, and in a very nice randomized study for the tucatinib, the heart to climb study that shows uh, an improvement in overall survival for third line patients. So that these the, 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 the two components are clearly efficient for patients in third or fourth line after medical treatment. So I will use both. Uh, uh, there is no really uh, recommendation to use one before the other one. Uh, maybe tucatinib have, have more for the moment. Tucatinib have more data, have more evidence uh, to use it uh, after progression on TDM one than the trastuzumab is taken. So uh, maybe I would m- mostly use uh, tucatinib trastuzumab uh, capsaicin in third lines and TDXD TDXD in fourth. Uh, with regard for the other one, neratinib, uh, the study is very am I, I, uh, it's a pain because it's a nice drug, but uh, the, the NALAS trial is not very uh, impressive when you compare that to uh, how to climb or even to the result with the TDXD that is very impressive. So neratinib, I won't use it. Um, I would prefer tucatinib, definitely. So maybe if patients have received everything and we can try neratinib or not, but I'm not very... Um, uh, with uh, the advance of uh, tucatinib and uh, CDXD. I don't really know where we're going to put neratinib. And with regard to um, uh, excuse me, this new HER two inhibitor uh, you just cited, I don't remember its name. Uh, Mageticimab. Now, with regard to map, that's the same thing. The, the randomized study is nice, but it's the the results are much less impressive than uh, the ones that have been shown in HER two climb. There's no improvement in overall survival, for example. So. Uh, it's not a very exciting uh, campaign for them, So we, we don't really know where his, uh, his position is uh, right now.
0: Thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast useful, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at vjoncology to join in the conversation. And finally, check out vjoncology.com for all the latest updates in the breast cancer field.